Welcome to the King's Word Bible Study. I'm your host, Brother Vinnie Fitzgerald, and today we're going to delve into the Bible to bring you insight from God's Word that will help you to grow and to develop into spiritual maturity. These lessons are designed to help guide you and strengthen you in your relationship with the Lord. Whether you've never opened the Bible or read it cover to cover, this podcast will inform and uplift you. Our purpose is not only for you to know and to understand the King's Word, but for you to live it out in your day-to-day life. Philippians 4 and 9 tells us, Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. Today, our topic is going to be conformed and transformed. Let's begin in Romans chapter 12. In Romans chapter 12, beginning in the first verse, it says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God have dealt to every man the measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we, being many, are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, Whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith. Or ministry, let us wait on our ministering. Or he that teacheth on teaching. Or he that exhorteth on exhortation. He that giveth, let him do it with simplicity. He that ruleth with diligence. He that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. Verse 2 told us, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We talk about this verse a lot, but it's important that we take a closer look at what exactly Paul is saying. Far too many people use the words conformed and transformed interchangeably, as if they shared the same meaning. They're similar, but they're not the same, and the difference between them is very revealing. The concordance says for the word conform, it means identified with having outward shape, assuming a similar outward form and expression by following the same pattern, model, or mold. Conforming has to do with the outward. We find a very different story when we look at transformed. In Greek, it's defined as to transform, to transfigure. The concordance goes on to say that it means to change after being with, changing form in keeping with inner reality, transformed after being with. This has to do with the inward. The first thing that we need to look at from this is the part that says changing form in keeping with inner reality. A true transformation must begin inside. Otherwise, it's just superficial and it's not real or genuine. This is the problem with conformity. It's superficial. It's not rooted in anything inward at all. There's nothing real to back it up. Earlier, we saw the definition for conform said Assuming a similar outward form. Assuming means taking for granted or pretending. Christians conforming to the world have fallen into this trap. 
They're taking their faith for granted, giving no thought to the consequences of their conforming. They're pretending to be something that they're not. Even though the old self has died, they try to revive it by assuming their old way of thinking and their old way of acting. When a person does this, there's no way to outwardly tell that they're a follower of Christ. The outward evidence would lead you to believe the direct opposite. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, verses 16 to 17, Ye shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. Worldly conduct that's normalized or constant is indicative of an inward problem that needs to be addressed. The problem is that they haven't truly been transformed. Another issue beyond Christians conforming to the world is Christians conforming to other Christians, Christians who conform to the organized church, or Christians who conform to what they feel is expected of them from other Christians. These are all in the same category. Christians do this to go through the motions and just to get along. They may have the right intentions in many cases, but they assume an outward fashion of a spiritual life without being rooted in a healthy inward spiritual life, which becomes pretentious and disingenuous. It's just pretend. It's putting on a show. It's assuming the role of a character who is not the self, which is the essence of hypocrisy. It's taking for granted true faith and true spirituality. Outwardly, they may be able to fool some people with their false spirituality, but upon closer examination, it becomes evident that something's missing and it's something inside. We find that they're conformed, but they haven't been transformed. One more thing that we need to look at about being conformed is the part of the definition that said following the same pattern, model, or mold. In light of what we spoke about last week, God's role as the master potter and the process of molding, this is very interesting because it gets to the heart of the problem. When a person is conforming themselves, either to the world or to what they feel other Christians expect, they're attempting to mold themselves into their own image, into what they want to be, and into how they want to be perceived. The word in Greek that we saw for conformed only appears twice in Scripture. Its only other appearance is in 1 Peter 1 and 14, which says, As obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lusts in your ignorance. Here it's translated as fashioning. It said fashioning yourselves. It didn't say God fashioning you. They're putting their will over God's, refusing to submit to his will which is for them to be transformed. They're not letting the master potter do the molding. They're trying to take his place and putting the focus on themselves instead of on God. We as the people of God need to be transformed. One of the major issues today is that churches are full of people who've conformed, but they're empty of people who have been transformed. We need to take a closer look at what exactly transformation is and how it happens. Transformed is much different than conforming. Conforming meant to identify with, whereas transforming meant being changed from being with. This makes all the difference. This is not only what brings about the transformation, but it's also what gives the Christians strength as they grow in their faith. We're transformed when we spend time with God. 
The Greek word for transformed is where we get our English word metamorphosis. It's derived from two different words. The first being the Greek word meta. This means among, with, after, in company with. The concordance goes on to say that it means implying change afterwards, what results after the activity. There's always a change when we've been with Jesus. We always sing the song, prayer changes things. And it's true that prayer makes a real difference in our lives. And it's because our prayer is when we're with God, talking to him and listening to him and communicating with him. This word appears in scripture 473 times, which shows the importance that God places on it. We must be with him. Prayer is one of the greatest assets that we have in this regard. But we're also with God when we're studying his word and when we're worshiping him. The time we spend with God builds us up. It removes the burden that we've been carrying. We can feel his joy and peace and his presence. And it's during this time that he prepares us for what he has called us to do. This is the change that we experience afterwards. Acts 4 and 13 says, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. They marveled because there had been a change that had taken place in Peter and John's life. The Lord elevated them. He took them up higher than where the world thought that they belonged. He enlightened them and he gave them a boldness that made them unrecognizable to those around them. The same way that they were changed when they spent time with Jesus, we're also changed. Our way of thinking begins to change. The way that we act and conduct ourselves is brought into accordance with his will. And the way that we talk will be noticeably different. He'll bring us up higher than what we're supposed to be. And he'll give us a boldness that we've never experienced before. Being with Jesus is crucial to our transformation. It won't happen without this. The other word that it's derived from is the Greek word morpho. It's defined as to form, fashion, shape, mold. The concordance goes on to say that it means taking on the form that properly embodies a particular inner essence. This brings us back to what we spoke about last week, with the Lord molding us into who he wants us to be. This shows us that he doesn't design us to be an empty vessel. He designs us so that we embody an inner essence, which is the essence of Christ. Essence is a very misunderstood word today, but it basically means the character of Christ, who he is as our Lord. He is true. He is love. He is the perfect embodiment of all his characteristics. This is the inner essence that we're meant to embody. This is why Christ dwells within us. Galatians 2 and 20 tells us, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. He's come into our life, and now we need to let Christ, who is in us, manifest outwardly. We have to let what's in us rise to the surface. This is the result of the transformation. It's not automatic. It's not instantaneous. It's a process, because it's molding. The only use of this word in scripture is in Galatians 4 and 19, which says, My little children, of whom I travail in birth again, until Christ be formed in you. Christ, 
not only molds us as a person, but then when we give our lives to him and fully submit to his will, he molds himself inside of us. This means that he molds our minds and our actions in the fashion of his. And most importantly, it means that he fashions our character after his so that we become in one accord with him. This should be the end result. This takes time. It requires us to learn of him, to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit, and to receive correction from him when we're wrong. This is a process that isn't always enjoyable. It's hard to truly submit to a will other than our own. But when we put our trust in the master potter, we will see that in the end, our trust was well placed. We also get a lot of insight into true transformation from the transfiguration of Jesus. Matthew chapter 17, verses 1 to 2 tells us, And after six days, Jesus taketh Peter, James, and John, his brother, and bringeth them up into a high mountain apart, and was transfigured before them. And his face did shine as the sun, and his raiment was white as the light. Mark 9 and 3, which is part of a parallel passage, says, And his raiment became shining, exceeding white as snow, so as no fuller on earth can white them. During the transfiguration, Peter, James, and John were with Jesus. They took the time to be there, and this time with him completely changed their lives. They saw something that day that no one else on earth had ever seen. Even though they were still in the flesh, they saw a short glimpse of what heaven would be like. They got a small taste of the unspeakable joy of literally experiencing the world to come. Paul also experienced a brief glimpse of heaven. He said, referring to himself in 2 Corinthians 12 and 2, I knew a man in Christ above 14 years ago, whether in the body I cannot tell, or whether out of the body I cannot tell. God knoweth, such a one, caught up to the third heaven. Then he said in verse 4, how that he was caught up into paradise and heard unspeakable words, which it's not lawful for a man to utter. Paul experienced another world, and this transformed him. It changed the way that he fought, the way that he acted, the way that he served the Lord. It changed his entire life in every aspect. Although we may not have had an experience like these, it doesn't mean that we can't be transformed like they were. God works in different ways with different people, but he always knows how to get the job done. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, beginning in the 12th verse, it says, Seeing then that we have such hope, we use great plainness of speech, and not as Moses, which put a veil over his face, that the children of Israel could not steadfastly look to the end of that which is abolished. But their minds were blinded, for until this day remaineth the same veil untaken away in the reading of the Old Testament, which veil is done away in Christ. But even unto this day, when Moses is read, the veil is upon their heart. Nevertheless, when it shall turn to the Lord, the veil shall be taken away. Now the Lord is that Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all, with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Verse 18 said, But we all, 
with open face beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. While on this earth, we may never get to see the glory of the Lord so explicitly as Peter, James, John, and Paul did, but this doesn't mean that we completely miss out on it. We see a dim reflection of it in this world. The natural realm is only a dim reflection of the spiritual realm, like the moon is a dim reflection of the sun. And this means that some of the glory of the Lord can be seen and perceived even now in the natural. The Lord has designed it this way so that we get a foretaste of what's to come. Not enough to see it in full, but enough to leave us desiring and longing for more. Because seeing and being there with Him in His fullness will be our final reward. The word changed here is the same word as we saw earlier for transformed. The best way that we see the glory of the Lord, even in part, is by being with Him. There's no better way for us to see it and experience it. We need to actively cultivate our relationship with Him. He reveals Himself inwardly to us. He allows us to feel His love, feel His compassion, and know Him. And it's in getting to know Christ more and more that we get a glimpse of the world to come and of an eternity spent with Him. Romans 12 and 2 told us, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The key phrase that we now need to look at is transformed by the renewing of your mind. Once we've had an experience with the Lord, we have to allow it to influence our mind. If we don't, we delay, limit, or prevent the change that God wants to work in our life. Philippians 2 and 5 says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. It doesn't say let his way of thinking be upon you, or let his intellect teach you. It says, let this mind be in you. In is the key word. Paul could have worded it any other way, but he didn't because he understood this and experienced it firsthand himself. His mind has to be in us, which means that it becomes inseparable from us as a person, that it's within us, that it's an indelible mark put on our mind and on our way of thinking. This is a permanent change for the better and a change that will influence our speech and our actions. It's an inward transformation that manifests outwardly. The word for renewal in verse 2 in Greek means renewal, a change of heart or life. The concordance goes on to say that it means completing a process, making fresh, making new, a new development, a renewal achieved by God's power. Our transformation starts with our minds, but it grows from there. We go from glory to glory as renewal of our mind results in the renewal of our heart and ultimately in the renewal of our life completely in every aspect. Over time, those around us will notice the change in us and it will no longer be something that we can keep to ourselves, which provides us the opportunity to share with others the transformation that God has brought about in our life, which may lead them to Christ so that they can experience that same transformation also. When we let the mind of Christ be in us, we're given a brand new start. Now we don't think like we used to. We don't find the same things stimulating anymore. We don't find the same things interesting. Everything is seen in a new light, 
And that new light shapes our mentality. The renewal of our mind is the beginning of our transformation. But in another way, it's also the completion of it too. Because we're promised in Philippians 1 and 6, where it says, Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. If we found in our life that the transformation has begun, which it has, that's why we're listening to this program today, or if others around us have begun to notice a real change in our life, then we know that since he's begun it, he's going to continue it and bring it to completion. God never quits his work early. He never half-heartedly does his work. He does it fully, and he does it well. And it's this understanding that allows us to put all of our hope and all of our trust in him that our transformation is going to lead us deeper into the things of God and closer to him. We may ask ourselves the question, what can I do to be transformed? The answer is that there's nothing that we can do on our own to be transformed. It's outside of our ability as humans. It can only be done by God's inworking power. Far from discouraging us, this should embolden us because the ball is in his court. Our only job is to come before him in submission and give ourselves to him. When we lay our mind, our faulty way of thinking on the altar before him, he will give us his mind and he won't stop there. He'll proceed to give us his character and most importantly, he'll give us himself and he'll come and dwell within us. Only he can transform us and he wants to. It's his will. It may not happen exactly like we expect it will. It may not happen when we think best, but we will be transformed. We just need to trust in him to do the work that we can't do. We'll know that we've been transformed when we see the fruit of a new mind and a new heart being produced outwardly in our life. The fruit that we produce is how we prove that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We'll find that we're thinking and acting in ways that we never have before. And we'll find that our entire life is configured in a new way that we never expected. And this will open up our eyes to the spiritual realm and a reality that before we met Christ, we never even knew existed. Our living out day to day of our new spiritual nature is indicative of the transformation happening in our spirit as our relationship with Christ continues to grow. Don't let the devil pull you into the trap of just outwardly conforming just to go through the motions. We were designed for more. We need to make the choice today to give ourselves completely to the Lord and let him continue to transform us from the inside out. Let's close in prayer. Lord, we thank you for this day and we thank you for your word. Lord, we don't want to be those who just conform just to get along. We don't want to be those who just go through the motions for tradition's sake. We want to be those who were truly transformed from the inside out. Those who have a life where real change and real experience has taken place. Lord, we want to have your mind within us, your heart within us, your character within us. And Lord, we want all of you that we can get. And Lord, we thank you that you've given yourself to us, that you've given us your word, that you've spoken to us your will. And we thank you that you've given us the Holy Spirit to continually lead us into having more and more of you as we go deeper and deeper into the things of you. Lord, we thank you that 
we can lay our minds and our heart today on the altar before you, and that you'll send the fire of the Holy Ghost to come down and consume all that old nature away, and that when you're fruit with the refining, that will come out in accordance with your will and with your heart. And Lord, we ask that those around us see the change that's taken place in our lives, and that you use that as an opportunity to draw them towards yourself so that we can speak the words of life into their heart and see a change take place in their life also. Lord, we thank you for all the great things that you've done, all the molding that you've done in our life. And Lord, we thank you for all the great things that you're doing now. And Lord, we thank you for all the great things that you have. And we thank you that you're always molding us into the person who you want us to be. And we give you all the honor, all the glory, and all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you want to be truly transformed and have Jesus as a part of your life today, all you need to do is to invite Jesus into your heart to be your personal Lord and Savior. You then need to repent of your sins and ask Him for His forgiveness. Then you trust that you've been forgiven and you ask for His free gift of eternal life. Now, if you've prayed this from a sincere heart and you truly meant it, then you are now a part of the family of God. Welcome to God's family. We want to thank everybody for listening today. We appreciate you taking out your time to spend with us. If you'd like to give us feedback and tell us how much you appreciate this show, you can contact us at kingswordbiblestudy at gmail.com. If you'd like to learn more about this program and this ministry, you can visit kingswordbible.com. We appreciate also if you write a review from wherever you're listening to this podcast from. And if you follow and subscribe so that more people can hear the King's Word for themselves. God bless you. We want you to know that we love you all. And we will see you next week as we continue to study the King's Word together.